Amen. Thank you, Janice. Well, we are finishing up our sermon series this morning. Normal isn't working. Normal isn't working. Over the past five weeks, we've been looking at those things that the world says is normal, but just don't make sense, especially as a follower of Christ. Normal isn't working. Let me, let me give you an example. When my wife and I, when we lived in Kentucky, uh, we both got a job at the largest Methodist church in the Kentucky Annual Conference there in Lexington. Now, I was going to seminary at the time, and we lived in tiny little Wilmore, Kentucky, which was about 30 to 45 minutes away from Lexington, depending on what traffic you were in. And, uh, and so we were driving back and forth to work and going to school and doing all those things, and, uh, and we were doing this for a while, and we, we thought about maybe it'd be easier if we moved to Lexington. And they, they had this new development of houses really near the church where we were working. And, and this development was targeting first-time homebuyers like would have been us. And so we went by one day just to check it out and see how much these houses actually cost. And, and of course, we get there and we go to the model home. And, and then, of course, they're rolling out the red carpet for us as they want us to buy one of their homes. And, and great little starter homes and this great uh, development. And, of course, I'm the, you know, the financial-minded. I was the finance manager at this church. And, and I'm, I just want to know how much does it cost. You know, I, just give me the bottom line. What's it going to cost? And, of course, that depends on what options you have and install in your house. But... But we didn't even know if we'd qualify for a loan uh, or a mortgage. So, of course, they said, well, we'll help you through that prog- process. We'll get you pre-approved with the lender. And so we set a date to go uh, and, and meet with this lender and talk about, you know, what we could, uh, what we could borrow for this house. And so uh, we went in, we sat down, we met with the lender, and, and he told me how much we were pre-qualified for, the dollar amount. And my jaw hit the ground. And I was like, oh my goodness, that is a lot of money. And we were not making a lot of money at the time. Uh, and, and I was like, what would that monthly payment be? And when he told us, my wife's jaw hit the ground. Because <laughs> uh, I think it was about $1,500 a month, which that top end, what we qualified for, what it would have been. Now, that's not much how much the house was going to cost. But the fact that we had qualified for this gigantic amount, and it was about $1,500, if I remember correctly, a month. And that would have been about half of our income. And, and I was like, there, we would default on the first month on that loan if we took out that. I said, is this, is this normal? I said, no, that, yeah, this is, this is normal. You can, you can get this much money. I'm saying, okay, I, I'm making about $35,000 a year, and I can get that much money? That makes no sense at all. And he said, well, that's what you qualify for. That's what was normal. We decided not to buy a house. It kind of jolted us back into the reality. We, we had been seduced for a while into the normal way of living. That owning a home was normal. That taking out a huge loan on a home with no down payment was normal. That living the American dream was normal. But normal isn't working. In fact, you remember the whole housing crisis happened right after that. In fact, normal is suffocating millions of people in our country. And today we're looking at the lie that debt is normal. We are told that having massive amounts of consumer debt is normal. It's just the way we operate. It's the way we operate as families. And it's the way we operate as a society, as a nation. 
Debt is normal. That's what the world tells us. That's how our country operates. Our current national debt is more than $20 trillion. That's a lot of zeros right there. $20 trillion. And that equates to about $62,000 for every U.S. citizen. The average household debt for U.S. citizens is $5,700. That's for everybody, whether you have debt or not. And the average credit card debt for families who do not pay off their credit card each month is around $11,000. There's about $3.9 trillion in U.S. consumer debt. It's kind of like we're, we're trying to catch up to our nation as a whole in how we spend money. Uh, we're trying to spend with the same spending habits of our government. A Gallup poll found that 56% of all divorces are a result of financial tensions in the home. And the average student loan debt per graduate in 2016 was just over $37,000. Now, I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with college students about student loans. And each time I get the same blank stare back from them when I say there are other ways to pay for college besides loans. It's like I'm speaking Russian to them. They don't understand. And, and you can blame it on them. And they deserve some of the blame. But, but their parents are just as guilty. Why? Because debt is normal. It's just normal to come out of college with $37,000 in debt. Debt is normal, but normal isn't working. And the, the Bible tells us a completely different story when it comes to debt. First thing that, that the Bible says is debt is slavery. It is slavery. In Proverbs we read, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is the slave of the lender. The borrower is the slave of the lender. Let that sink in. We're drowning in a sea of debt and we are enslaving ourselves. When we have so much debt, we lose the freedom to decide where to spend our money, right? We have so much of it tied to debt that we cannot literally decide for ourselves where to spend our money because the debt decides for us where to spend our money. We have many in our church that are enslaved to debt and, and many who struggle with giving to the church. And part of the reason why they struggle giving to the church is because they have so much debt that they feel like they cannot give. They're, they're handcuffed, they're enslaved. And I don't want us to be a people that are enslaved. I want us to be a people that are free, that are free to give back to God, but don't feel that pressure of slavery, like that you can never get out. But oftentimes that's what debt is. Second, the Bible tells us that debt is a curse. We read in the Old Testament specific words about the curse of debt. In fact, if... In, in Scripture, it says if we're experiencing God's blessings, then we won't have debt. However, if we don't fulfill God's law, part of the curse of disobedience to God's law, to His covenant, was that we would be in debt. And we read this specifically in Deuteronomy. and It says this, Deuteronomy 28, 15. It starts out this way. It says, But if you will not obey the Lord your God by diligently observing all of his commandments and decrees, which I am commanding you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. And then uh, God lists out all the curses that are going to happen if you don't obey this. And here in 28, 43 and 44, it says this, 
The aliens residing among you shall ascend above you higher and higher, while you shall descend lower and lower. They shall lend to you, but you shall not lend to them. They shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. Now, of course, God is writing this. That Deuteronomy was written to the nation of Israel, but I, I think it applies to us today, even in our country. How much of our debt is owned by China and other foreign nations? We are becoming the tail, they're becoming the head, and we are being cursed with a curse of debt. Third, debt presumes upon tomorrow. This, this is what we all like. This is what we all think. How often we have gotten into trouble because we assume something would happen and then it didn't. And the Bible warns us about this often. In James chapter 4, 13 through 15, James writes, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a town and spend a year there doing business and making money, yet you do not even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wishes, we will live and do this or that. Debt presumes upon tomorrow. It, it assumes something that we don't know to be true or not. And so we presume upon God because we want it now, right? That's the way it is. That's what Black Friday is about, right? We want it now, and we want it at a discount. Four, and this is the sad one for me, we miss out on God encounters with debt or with Deb. I'm sorry, Deb, Debras that are in the room. <laughs> that makes me laugh. We miss out on God encounters when we have debt. I believe our lack of faith and our lack of discipline, often it hinders God from working in our lives in ways that can strengthen our faith. When we have so much debt, again, we, we are enslaved we, we don't take risks because, because we, don't, we miss out on how God wants to move in our life. Because we think God can't move because we are so enslaved. We miss out on those opportunities to have faith and discipline. We give in to the normal instead of seeing how God might want to give us the extraordinary. And I hate that. And I know so many times when we have been faithful, God has moved in ways that God, I don't think, would have moved otherwise. And that's what I want. I want God to move in my life when I'm faithful, even though it's not easy. Now, also, let me be clear on this. Scripture doesn't say that you cannot borrow money. It doesn't say that. But most of the time, it's not a good idea. I do believe, though, this is me personally, there are times that we, we may borrow money. But we need to sit down and really apply some solid common sense and godly wisdom when it comes to borrowing money. And I think there's a couple of times that are acceptable to borrow money. Now, these are not necessarily biblical. This is just my opinion. So take it however you want to. But we do see in Scripture where people have borrowed and where they get into debt. And sometimes it's for tragic reasons. But here's a couple of times when I think it is okay to borrow money. First, when the value of the item is more than the amount owed on it. 
Now, if you buy a new car with zero down, as soon as you drive off the lot, the value of that car is less than what you just paid for it. So that is not the case when you buy a car. But when the value of the item is more than the amount you owe on it, then it might be okay to borrow. Second, when the item purchased is an asset with potential to increase in value or produce income. And that's why most people say it's okay to buy a house because your house typically increases in value. Not all the time. (laughs) Even then, there's a caveat to it. But those are the, the two times where I see that it is okay. However, the payment, no matter how much it is, shouldn't put a strain on your budget. Again, going back to our family, we could have purchased a house, but we recognize that strain would have been too much for us. But if you do find yourself in a mountain of debt, I think you should do whatever you can to get out of it. Why? Because debt is slavery. Because Scripture speaks of debt as a curse. It presumes upon tomorrow, and we can miss out on encounters with God. Now, some of us don't know how to get out of debt. Some of us lack discipline. But if you don't know, I recommend the debt snowball method. And, of course, if you listen to Dave Ramsey, you've probably heard of that before. Dave Ramsey didn't invent the debt snowball, but it is a great way to get out of debt. And so, in fact, I brought out my whiteboard. I love to draw and teach. Especially those of you who are on committees, you know that about me. But I want to show you just briefly. I keep thinking everyone knows this, and then I run into couples all the time who I talk to, and they have never heard of this before. And so let's talk about what is a debt snowball. So if you find yourself in debt and you need and you have a desire and a discipline to get out, uh, there's many ways to attack it, but I like this way. And, And the debt snowball, all it is is you list your debts in order, smallest to largest. That can be the first problem. That'll be the first fight if you're married because you won't realize how much debt you actually have. And so you'll have to get over that fight. You can come to me. I'll talk you through it. We'll get through it. It'll be all right. Uh, But you'll list those debts, the actual amounts, smallest to largest. And then you want to list the minimum payments right beside it. And you can see it's as simple as this. Now, I rounded these numbers because I don't want to do math in my head up here. Uh, But let's just say this family has a $100 debt, $1,000 debt, $1,500, $3,000, and $10,000 debt. And you can see these minimum payments. Again, this is the simple part. I don't want you to get fancy. Accountants love to get fancy. This is just simple. And the reason it works is because you can see how it grows. And so what a debt snowball says is you just pay the minimum payments on everything except that top debt. And on that top debt, which has just $25 minimum payment, you throw everything you can at it. Every bit of extra money that you have until you can pay that debt off. So let's say you're at $25 uh, and then let's say you just have an extra $25. So you're making a $50 payment and you're paying minimum on everything else, right? And so what, two months, you'll have that paid off. And then what a debt snowball does is you take this 50 and you add it to this next minimum payment. And now you're making $150 payments to this $1,000 until it's paid off. Make sense? Then you take that $150 and you add it to the next $200 and you have $350 you're now making to this payment until it's paid off. And then you take that $350 and you add it to your next minimum payment. That's $750. 
And you pay that until you pay that debt off. And then you take that $750 and you add your $400 and that's, uh, what, $1,150? You're paying a month until you pay that debt off. And then at the end of that, you have an extra $1,150 a month that is freed up. That you can begin to save, invest, save for a new car, save for college, etc., etc., so if you were to pay minimum payments on this, it'd take you about 25 to 30 months to pay this off. That's not talking about interest and all those other things. Just doing this not, uh, would take it down to 12 months. Cuts it in half in how long it takes to pay it off. That's what a debt snowball is. Now, if you want to learn how to do this, just Google debt snowball. It'll show you how to do it. There's many ways. But that's what I want us to understand as a people because I want us to be free. Normal isn't working. And I don't want us to live normal lives. I want us to live abundant lives that are generous, that, are, is not in, that we aren't enslaved, that we aren't under a curse, that we can experience God in new and exciting ways, that we can give and be generous to God through the church and other places. That is my prayer for you this morning.